Hello, and welcome to End Focus, coming to you this week from the Chicken Kitchen. Uh, I'm Hilka, your host. Uh, I'm still here. Surprise. I hope that shouldn't be a surprise. And joining me, as always, of course, is Rosalie, the little record girl. How are you doing on this fine day? Hello, I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm good. It's so much less warm than it was last time we recorded. I don't feel like I'm sitting in a sauna right now, <laughs> although that remains to be seen if that'll stay the same over the course of the recording. Yeah, I live in Scotland, so that's never a problem over here. <laughs> the problem that I have is I just have like a ginormous window in this room behind me. Oh. And I have really good curtains to block that out, but there's only so, like, even with the best, like, heat blocking curtain technology that exists which i doubt this is that's that's what i have you know there's only so much they can do and also i'm getting like it's a giant window that gets the entirety of the afternoon sun through it which yeah when i first moved in here i didn't have these curtains and boy i sometimes like stuck to my computer chair because of it it was not pleasant lovely but hey, curtains, love to see it. What a, what a great mm. technology that was invented <laughs> very long ago. And speaking of technology that <laughs> is coming in the uh, near future, we think, uh, we've got some news to talk about today, don't we? Yeah. So um, this popped up on our social media feeds very recently. Uh, the Video Games Chronicle had some sources tell them, multiple sources, that the follow-up to Nintendo's Switch uh, is currently in development and that, quote, key partner studios already have development kits. Mm -hmm. to start making games for them and their ex the sources say that it's expected to launch somewhere in the second half of 2024 how uh we talked last time about uh the oled switch and mm -hmm. if it would be a worthy like upgrade for people like me who only use their switch docked um now there there I, I will say we haven't gotten like an official confirmation from nintendo they haven't like publicly announced anything but to the best of my knowledge video games chronicle is a reputable publication and they got this from mm -hmm. multiple sources and i have faith in the fact that they you know verified this things that the sources tell told them so it seems pretty believable yeah the writers and staff uh VGC are like veterans in the field and are very very good at their job um so when they report on something like this I am uh usually going to be like hmm like this has some legs you know <laughs> so um yeah I think this could be the real deal um the only thing that I was a bit meh is that apparently the backwards compatibility was unclear and some third-party companies 
are worried that if the next the switch follow-up had backwards compatibility that would affect sales and i'm just like uh. yeah nintendo not the greatest with backwards compatibility i've seen worse but the the sort of problem and they talked about this in the video games chronicle article is that the switch has a massive like casual audience mm-hmm. who are not the kinds of people who are like oh cool the new console is out i'll buy it and so especially if nintendo is going to keep supporting the switch with like multi-platform releases and backwards compatibility that could potentially cut into the market share of some people yeah i mean i'm probably gonna buy it regardless because otherwise i get serious fomo um and this is the first time that a nintendo console will come out and i actually have like the ability to afford one (laughs) Uh, so if i can pre-order one i will but like if it doesn't have backwards compatibility that's going to be really annoying um even if it just you can't play your eShop games that would be the worst um and it just to me it just wouldn't make sense well it would make sense in terms of like knowing what nintendo are like but uh, i just i would if if i'd like the eShop to be not what it is because it's horrendously awful and full of like the worst shovelware weird like fake games but just 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 i would pay more for the little cartridge reader like i would and also apparently it might not have an oled screen to save money yeah on production costs which isn't too big a deal because other like like the steam deck doesn't have an oled screen but it also feels a bit weird i guess they maybe they still want to they don't want to affect the sales of the oled they want them to still go i don't know but to me that is a bit weird because like the differences when you're playing it portably are so massive that again i would pay more for that kind of clarity um you did (laughs) yeah i did (laughs) um but it will be interesting um to see what happens Uh, it'll be funny if it doesn't happen and then we're all like at the end of 2024 being like where is it (laughs) um i also hope that amiibos are still a thing they probably won't be um but i know it'll be maybe this is why they haven't got like a odyssey 2 maybe they're waiting for the new switch for that i don't know we've seen a number of like switch to rumors and fake mm-hmm. leaks there was one a couple of weeks ago that was so obviously fake that like oh yeah the tears of the kingdom that was on the quote-unquote box art was like spelled wrong or something yeah uh, but this this is like you said the first one that looks like it has some serious legs in terms mm-hmm. of like journalistic integrity and yeah. even in the article that video games chronicle released about this they also talked to some uh analysts who are like well you know this sort of fits the timeline for nintendo releasing their consoles because we're a couple years uh removed now from the ps5 and the xbox series x and series s Mm -hmm. and that's generally when nintendo like they released the switch 
more or less the same amount of time Mm -hmm. after the ps4 and the xbox one so it would make sense yeah usually the time frame for a console is about seven years now um they did say they wanted it to last 10 but things can change (laughs) yeah um they might have a really really cool idea um that they want to you know get out um yeah i'm like i'm like both excited worried um intrigued it's a whole whole mixture of emotions (laughs) uh but we all know i'm gonna buy it anyway so (laughs) i'm part of the problem um I just hope they're that they're more creative with it because the one the the thing that I've been most annoyed with the the Switch era is that it feels not only was there there's not any community apps like there's no like you know you can't message your friends on or anything but like they didn't really go ham with the designs of the different versions of the Switch or the Joy-Cons I thought they'd be themed Joy-Cons out the wazoo but there isn't really they only recently released like the pastel ones not that long ago so when if you think about like the 3ds you had all those cool like cases you could buy that had really cool prints and all the themes and stuff so whatever they do next i want them to like totally go off and all like the customizability and all the cool things you can get um because the switch has felt very stale in that regard for me i do hope that they aren't like mechanically very creative because that is a problem that nintendo can run into in that Mm -hmm. uh if like mario odyssey is is one of my favorite games but it is genuinely quite annoying that there are some aspects of like the motion controls that are mandatory (laughs) Uh, yeah and i i bought the uh the mario that mario 3 game collection with 64 sunshine and galaxy and going back to like the the wii one galaxy it is also very annoying that like mandatory motion controls are in that game as well and that can exclude a lot of people i am not one of them i just really didn't like it Uh, (laughs) no you're right from like from a from a accessibility standpoint forced motion controls are pretty horrendous and also i agree with you i'm not a fan (laughs) um but mario galaxy is still so good though it is um possibly i think that's the best mario game ever made but anyway one thing that i also wanted to mention is unless i heinously misread the article it is still going to work with some sort of cartridge system and it is still going Mm -hmm. to have a portable mode so yes there is some amount of like obviously we don't know this is purely speculative but based on that it is going to share a lot in common with the switch i mean it'd be ridiculous if they didn't keep that because the fact that it, it is a handheld and a console is like probably one of the it's just genius <laughs> yeah i think it is one of the biggest reasons it sold so well yeah yeah um so it'd be it'd be silly if they didn't do like keep that um because i don't with how much tech there is right now i don't think i could keep up with another console and another handheld so keeping them together would be really great in that regard for me yeah um, but yeah 
I yeah, it's just it's just it's just it'll be very interesting. Um, I mean, oh, uh, there might oh, just it's a good it's an interesting time for games and tech. There's there's so much cool stuff going on. There's so many cool things to get. It's just gonna get even more exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, the Steam Deck is has been out for a while now, and there's actual mm-hmm. competitors from other companies as well that are, mm-hmm. are making like legit quite powerful mobile pc gaming mm-hmm. hardware that's very exciting um sony and microsoft have their own like accessibility controllers for their mm-hmm. consoles um based on what little i've read about them i think the xbox one is generally better than the playstation one um just in terms of like features and usability mm-hmm. but that 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 kind of innovation uh specifically innovation with regard to accessibility is something that nintendo is not very good at no and i'm hoping this is like an extreme long shot knowing the kinds of things they do i'm hoping that they can do that a little bit better for the next console but i fear that maybe a false hope. <laughs> yeah, I think we might see that with the shift of putting the importance on accessibility we've seen in the industry as a whole. Um, but then, I mean, and I wasn't going to say Nintendo are you know a Japanese company, so I don't entirely know what the the like how their society treats that kind of accessibility in the industry but then sony sony have a like you said have a controller coming out so who knows but yeah i hope that is a i hope that's just a thing that everybody acknowledges more in every facet of the industry as a whole but um only time will tell yeah so um we talked to you all about two weeks ago about some games that we were playing uh and we talked about in in that episode that rosalie you played the pikmin 4 demo and your Mm -hmm. description of it was so enticing to me that i also played it yay um there there is one thing we want to correct from last time um we said that the save data to your to the main Pikmin 4 game, which is actually out now, uh, won't carry mm-hmm. over. That was incorrect. It it does, in yeah, fact, carry over. Um, but yeah, I I played the Pikmin 4 demo as well. And uh, hang on, I I wrote some some notes on a piece of paper. Let me just go grab <laughs> that for you. Ah, yes. It says here, um, everything Rosalie said was correct, and I agree with all of it. (laughs) Wow. I wish everybody said that. (laughs) Yeah, it... The game's delightful. It's so cute. It's... Again, we we talked last time about how Pikmin might have a reputation for being very stressful. Mm. I didn't really see that in the demo, yeah uh it was yeah as you said it was cute it was delightful it was 
relaxing. I was not as... I didn't feel as pressured by the, like, time limit on the days as I thought I would be. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I think... If you've never played a Pikmin game before, A, refer to our last episode, but B, um, it is primarily a game about delegating. Yeah. You just, like, throw a bunch of Pikmin at a task, and then you go somewhere else, and you throw a bunch of Pikmin at a different task, and you get a notification when they're finished, and then you can go collect them, and you can do the next thing. Are you familiar with a lot of... Uh, did you play a lot of real-time strategy games some uh i've played some total war stuff and um oh what was a really old school one is it populous does that count um i i admit i'm not familiar with populous i mean i've i've heard of it but uh total war isn't also exactly what i'm thinking of i'm trying to think like oh. more Age of Empires, kind of, like, oh. base building, uh, you're on a big map. Uh, I believe the Total War games and games like it are technically called real-time tactics games, if you want to be extremely granular about it, which, oh, as yeah. a really big fan of real-time strategy games, I am. <laughs> There's a really old game, and by really old, I mean, like, early 90s, if I believe, called Knights mm -hmm. and Merchants which I have not played, but my best friend has, and he's told me about it extensively and how <laughs> some of the missions, some of the single single missions in the campaign can take up to seven hours <laughs> because there's just so much stuff that you have to send all your villagers to do that has multiple steps. So if you like want to feed your army, first you have to send farmers to gather grain. Then you have to send that grain to the mill where it gets ground up into flour. And then that flour gets sent to the bakery to turn it oh into my. bread. Oh, no. Um, it sounds like an absolute hellish nightmare, and I never want to play it. But mm. Pikmin 4 reminded me of that, but with all of the really annoying parts removed. Ah. Because you do, like, you as the explorer have very little direct influence on the world. You're mostly sending Ochi, your little dog, or the Pikmin to do the stuff for you. And then you just wait for them to do the thing, and then you do the next thing. I do like hovering near them, though, in case they get eaten. <laughs> oh, yeah, when the little bugs <laughs> pop out of the ground, or... Yeah. The flying enemies that you didn't see. Uh, but yeah, so if you like delegating in like a real-time strategy game, but don't like all the annoying combat where you're just cl clicking on, you're sending different groups of enemies to click on the other enemy. You're, let me rephrase that. You're sending <laughs> your own groups of soldiers to fight the enemy soldiers. If you want something that still gives you that factory boss feel without all of the, like, having to maintain an economy part, Pikmin 4 sounds like a great time. 
Um, one thing I did want to remark upon as well is the visual style. Did you uh, did you like the way it looked at all? Um, yeah, I mean, I, f- I felt the style was quite um, similar to what the series normally looks at, which always looked great. Um, I guess it was a lot more saturated and bright because the first game has a more kind of realistic look to it. Um, but yeah, it's very colorful. It's very cute. One thing that I was a little unprepared for was the like dissonance between the Pikmin stuff and the real life stuff. Like if you when you find like the the I forget what they're called. It's like one letter removed from garlic. All, all of the like Pikmin-y stuff really stands out in the world when you're exploring, mm-hmm. which is on the one hand kind of distracting. But on the other hand, it's really useful because then it's really easy to see. Yeah. It's like, did you play um, Kirby in the Forgotten Land? The newest no, one? No, it's the only one I haven't played. Oh, it's phenomenal. I know, I really want it. <laughs> I. Uh, it was like, it was March of last year and I had just gotten sick, like straight up covid and I was like, well, I'm not allowed to leave the house for the next two weeks. Oh, look, Kirby and the Forgotten Land just came out. I feel like Nintendo did pretty well with that <laughs> in terms of what came out. <laughs> so I downloaded the digital version off the eShop, and that that was just the next two weeks uh, of my life was <laughs> Kirby and the Forgotten Land. But it, it sort of did a similar thing where some of the environments were very realistically created, and other, mm-hmm. like, you know, the standard Kirby, like, star blocks were just, like, wedged in between, like, real human-looking bricks. And it was a strange art style, but ultimately I think it just made... It it conveyed the important game pieces more effectively, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like it's like what games are to real life. They are the bright, colorful things in an otherwise dreary world. <laughs> If you think about it that way. That, yeah, I like that. That's that's very poignant. <laughs> that's a very good description for it. Oh, I hadn't thought I... about it that Well, I mean, I have thought about it that way in the past, <laughs> but it just, like, occurred to me again. Thank you for that. Oh, no problem. I actually, um, I actually bought Pikmin 4 properly. I haven't opened it yet. <laughs> um, uh, same but... and same. Yeah. Um... And mine came with a free keychain of a little blue Pikmin on a dice. Um, and it's very cute. And that may or may not be the reason why I bought like the, the tipping point that made me go, oh, I'm going to buy this. Because <laughs> it's really <laughs> cute. Um, but no, I'm really excited to get stuck in. Um, everyone else I know that's um, played it said that it was their first one and it was like a perfect gateway to the whole series so I'm like oh maybe we'll, this will make me want to go back and play the other ones and finally complete the first one um, but yeah I'm glad you felt the same that's made me really happy yeah it was I, I saw especially like the day the, the two-ish days after it released people were mm. really digging it and, and I saw a social media post like literally earlier today of someone being like, I'm still playing Pikmin 4. Man, there's way more of this game than I thought there would be. I know last time you talked about, like, 
it maybe not being enough to justify the full price. Mm -hmm. And that, according to that one person, I, I confess, I don't remember who it was, so I can't give that person credit, but hey, kind person on the internet, you uh, have renewed my enthusiasm for the game <laughs> even before I actually started playing the full thing. So glad to hear it. Just don't don't look at the merch. You're going to want to buy the merch. They released like Pikmin shaped vases that are just like them and you put the flowers so the flowers look like the things that are on the top of their heads. That is like so amazing. <laughs> You know what you should do? You should get those vases and then put like the Lego flowers. <gasps> that would look in so there. cool. Oh, don't give me ideas. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Pikmin merch that's coming out in the back of this is so good. I might actually play the the app. Is it Pikmin Bloom? I think so. Um, yeah. On the back of this, although. I gave up on Pokemon Go a while ago, so I'll probably play it for like a week and then get bored and forget about it, but I might try it, and that's what counts. <laughs> I mean, I didn't play a lot of Pokemon Go just because my phone was very bad and couldn't handle it. Oh. Uh, but hey, I have a better phone now, though it does need replacing. I do have a big crack in the screen, and I bought it like five years ago, so... Give it to the Pikmin. They can turn it into the thing. What's, what's the material called? Sparklium? Yeah, they can turn it into that. <laughs> oh yeah, there is one more thing I wanted to follow up from last time as well. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, straight up in the demo, one of the first things you grab that is sparkle that, that you can get Sparklium from is a Game Boy Advanced SP. <laughs> yeah, that made me feel so old. <laughs> I'm just imagining like little kids playing it being like, ooh, what's that? That's so old. It's so antique. Vintage. What, why does that DS only have one screen? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, that breaks my heart. But yeah, uh, so as an update on Pikmin 4, uh, it's great. I'm looking forward to playing the full game. Mm -hmm. And I plan on doing so. Me too. Uh, the other game I've been playing in the past while is Ghost Trick Phantom Detective, a remaster, I guess, mm -hmm. of the much-beloved but not super successful DS game. Yep. Um, remind me, did, did you, have you played this game at all? Uh, yeah, I still have my DS copy, which oh, is nice. good considering it's now really expensive. <laughs> so it might be one of the like rarer DS games in our own. But um, I haven't yet played this version, which you have played. I have. Uh, I will say, um, I had planned on finishing the game for today's recording, and I did not. Uh, but I'll get back to that. Uh, first, I'm going to say a bunch of nice things about this game because <laughs> it is genuinely very fun. The, mm. like, puzzles, you create your own little Rube Goldberg machines to create scenarios to save people, and you're solving your own murder, which... What was that, like... It was like a... 
double A kind of 360 game? Murdered Soul Suspect? Yeah, that was the one. Yep. An idea so good someone else uh, <laughs> used it as well. Hey, that game is actually not too bad. It's not amazing. I've never, I've never played it, to be honest. It, it, it pops up for like a few pounds on my is if for that it's worth it even now i swear <laughs> um but yeah it, you're saving your you're, you're solving your own murder which is is extremely cool and mm-hmm. there is a time limit in the like saving people part that you, you do get four minutes of actual time uh which does result in some like close calls and there are some parts of the puzzle where you're like, okay, this person is walking by and I have to jump into the binoculars before they walk past or else I have to start over. But, eh. Like, once you've heard the dialogue, you can hold down B to skip past stuff you've already seen. So getting back to that point is not super annoying. I do genuinely like all the character designs, both in terms of personality and visuals. Uh, which is to be expected from uh, the creator of the Ace Attorney series, and uh, the character design for this game was done by the uh, art director of Devil May Cry 5. Mm-hmm. It's just everyone has a great personality. The writing is really fun. There's a, a lot of the characters are very strange in a way that is very enjoyable. But... Now, now, now for the bad news, dear listeners. <laughs> I uh, I have not finished this game. I'm a little over halfway through, I think. Because Chapter 9 introduces a stealth section. <laughs> uh, keen-eared listeners of the last episode will know I am very bad at stealth games. I'm so bad at stealth games. <laughs> and I can't beat this. I straight up can't. I've tried so many times. It uh, it was very frustrating. I used a guide. I went to the Gamers Guide written by um, Matt Arnold. Shout out to Matt Arnold. Your guide is very good. Uh, <laughs> I take issue with you saying that this part is a refreshing change of pace because it is the single most frustrating experience in this game so far. Uh but your guide is very good. Guide writers are the unsung heroes of gaming publications. They are. They yeah. are. But yeah, I even with that guide, I I can't do it. There's just something about the timing when you're trying to like maneuver someone through a prison to escape and not get spotted by the guards. I just can't do it. <laughs> I don't even remember this bit, so maybe I've like, you know, displaced it in my mind on purpose. <laughs> it's like the perfect storm of it's both a stealth mission and kind of an escort mission Mm. and also visibility is very bad because it is very dark and you can see things while you're in the ghost world but while you're in the ghost world you can't like maneuver off like you can't see around you very much because you can only go as far as your little ghost tendril. That's maybe not the best word to use for that. 
<laughs> can go and when you're in the normal world you can just see the whole map so there's just an aspect of the timing and the situational awareness that i just don't have i'm just not good at stealth at all and i was gonna ask if if your experience was any better but seeing as you can't remember it uh and it's a real pity because i did i i am really enjoying the other parts of this game and i'll probably come back to it in the near future but right now i'm just gonna put it down play some pikmin cool my jets mm-hmm. uh not want to uh wii sports resort to violence whenever i turn it on yeah sometimes you just need to take a little break <laughs> yeah and hey pikmin 4 seems like a great way to do that ah yep there you go yeah also the music in ghost trick is very good uh it is as far as i can tell the the same as it was on the ds you still got that very synthesized sort of music that you get uh from the ace attorney games as well especially Mm -hmm. the the percussion is very synthesized but i think in a game that is as purposely as purposefully unusual i think it, it adds to the atmosphere yeah I mean, it's Capcom. Capcom, Capcom rarely have bad soundtracks. <laughs> yeah, i i have I have paid money for both the soundtracks of Monster Hunter World and Monster Hunter Rise. No, I have um, some of the Resident Evil um, vinyl releases, and they are beautiful. Um, oh, on vinyl too. Mm, quite a few Capcom soundtracks are on vinyl. There's a lot of Mega Man ones that are on vinyl now. Um, and I think there's a Phoenix Wright set, which I really want um, for the first few games, I think. But yeah, the Resident Evil ones are like, they're like on display in my living room because they're just so beautiful. Um, and if they appear, I'm just going to let people know you pre-order them because they will disappear and then they will be resold for silly amounts of money. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there would be a ghost trick one at some point actually um might be worth looking out for actually you know what you know what i really hope as in terms of like phoenix Wright and capcom vinyls Mm. there was a long time ago i i managed to find it online uh let's leave it at that um (laughs) there was like a sort of coffee shop blues style like this wasn't officially produced by capcom one but there was like a coffee shop blues style album of remixes of phoenix wright songs oh like a lo-fi version yeah but like with like actual uh woodwind instruments and stuff the 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 best one of those was of course godot's theme because that's sort (laughs) of what it's trying to evoke anyway Mm. but that that would be really wild to have on vinyl i think that would be very cool i'm not a vinyl guy at all mostly just because if if i it's one of those things i talked about this on on focus as well i'm Mm. afraid that if i start i will never stop (laughs) yep that's valid (laughs) like my i have bought so many albums over the years like i'm not a spotify guy i like uh, buying albums and having the actual files on my computer or even buying them on CD. I have a 
big stack of CDs. Uh, if if I wanted to like convert my entire collection on vinyl, I think I would bankrupt myself like three times <laughs> over. Yeah, I mean, for me, I am a Spotify person, um, but I'm also a person that likes physical media, so there's like a little clash there. But what what I see it as, so I've got like mostly video game soundtracks on vinyl. Um, I've got like the coolest one I have is probably this glow-in-the-dark Vib Ribbon one, which was a music rhythm game on the PS1. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, and I've, I've got loads. Um, but what's great about them is that you can get these little, like, frames for them. So if you get a protector for the actual um, LP, you can... It's like getting a piece of merch as well as getting access to the actual music you're listening to. Um, yeah. So that always encourages me, especially if you get like art prints. A lot of them have art prints with them now, um, and also they're just kind of. I mean, sometimes they do shut up in price, so you know they're sometimes good to have in terms of you can sell them and then buy even more vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> um, like we have in my house the Yakuza Zero vinyl set. I can't remember how many LPs it is. It might be four. Um, wow. and you can't get that anymore it's out of print so um, and also you get some you mostly get download codes for these as well so you still get it's like the best of both worlds and a lot of them aren't that expensive so um, I got rid of most of my CDs um, ages ago just because like the jewel cases you get with CDs were always really flimsy and broke yeah. and cracked um, but with vinyl like you get a nice storage box you get them on display um my favorite company data discs they do like a lot of sega releases they're like 20 pounds and like for what you get that's pretty good um but yeah it is, it is a rabbit hole <laughs> uh, and once you start <laughs> especially when there's like funky colored ones i think there was a streets of rage one that had like fake blood in it I could be getting that mixed up with another release from a different company, but they're just they're very cool, and it just sounds it sounds good. That's what that's what is technically important. Um, but yeah, there's really good Capcom ones out there. Um, I have my eyes on some Mega Man ones. I think it's Mega Man Legends. Because um, we're not gonna get a remake, we're not gonna get a re-release of the game, but you can get the soundtrack on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, <laughs> I'll take what I can get. Um, but yeah, definitely recommend getting the Resident Evil ones and just the Capcom ones in general, cause they're usually pretty good. That sounds genuinely exciting. Uh, as I said, mm. I, I, I am scared too. So I think I will abstain in this case, but <laughs> you, you've made a very compelling case, if nothing else, mm. if, someone out there who's listening to this was on the edge and you're not as uh likely to completely fall down the rabbit hole as i am you you may have helped them uh make the first move with this yeah i'm really bad at just telling people to buy things though (laughs) i guess i'm yeah i'm okay with being knowing for that um you know it's also I like I like the support of physical media, which is why when we we're talking about earlier with hoping the switch 
whatever the switch, new Switch thing is has backwards compatibility. It's because I like my physical media. Um, so I like that vinyl is a thing again because it means people are physically buying music again, which is cool. And I like that's what actually annoyed me about Ghost Trick to bring it back to Ghost Trick. The physical version is in Asia territories only. Yeah. Um, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, but it does have English um, in it, so you can just import it. <laughs> but it's a principle that annoys me. <laughs> I think the same was for Phoenix Wright. I think you had to import that if you wanted it physically when they did the re-release in the Switch as well. If I had to guess, I'd say they probably just like wanted to keep production costs low by not having to make enough of the physical cartridges mm-hmm. to supply the entire world. Yeah, because I think they have to make 30,000? I know it's a digit of three. 30,000 copies in Asian territories. Might be way more than that. Maybe it's 300,000. Um, but yeah, that's probably right. Um, I probably am going to import it because although I saw people actually selling their DS copies um, to import it because the DS copy in the UK sells for around £80. Wow. And you can import the Switch one for the equivalent of £20. Yeah. So so you could actually get like a whole, like, you could get import multiple Switch games while you're at it. But, well, I don't know. I might keep my DS copy. Um, yeah, that's that is definitely unfortunate though. Like I, I'm less of a physical media person than you are, but still, I I do very much enjoy physical media, and I 100% agree that you know I have I have a a pretty big stack of like physical game carts for the mm-hmm. Switch, and if I can't like play those on the follow up, I would feel kind of bad about it. Yeah. Not kind of. I would feel really bad about it. <laughs> Cuz at least like the 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 3DS you could put DS cartridges in there. They didn't look quite as good cuz it was a different kind of screen, I believe. Or it was just mm. something with the aspect ratio. Um but yeah, you could still do it. And um, I'd like to be able to, you know, if the then the follow-up to the Switch is something that is potentially like quieter or more ergonomic than the Switch is. I'd like to be able to take some of those games on the go like I did with the original Switch. Would yeah. be nice. Um, ooh, one more thing about the follow-up to the Switch. If it mm-hmm. is something that it is, that is able to be played in portable mode, which it sounds like it will be, I do hope we can get like a better battery life. Mm-hmm. That that is, I think, one of the main weaknesses of the Switch, and one of the reasons I don't use it in portable mode very much. Um, My battery has always been okay until it aged a little bit, but yeah, I I want, I think I just want the whatever they're making the Joy Cons out of to change to, because I hate drift. Drift is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah do something about that they're probably not gonna because i i think the reason that they are the way they are is because it's cheap (laughs) and you know drift is happening it's not just the switch it's happening to playstation 
DualSense controllers that's happening on the Steam Deck. So I think it's just an industry thing of what materials they're sourcing. But fix it, because Joy-Cons are a bit rubbish. I actually didn't know that it was happening to the DualSense ones as well. I'd heard about the Steam mm-hmm. Deck, but I didn't know about the DualSense ones. Yeah, I've got one that's just out of commission. <laughs> and it's annoying because they're not, they're, not, they're not cheap. Yeah, I think it happened to my Xbox One controller. Oh no! I think that's yeah. Like I had, I had, I say, I still have it. I have an Xbox One controller, despite not owning an Xbox One, because my wired Xbox 360 controller just like wouldn't like my PC just straight up wouldn't recognize mm-hmm. it anymore. So I bought an Xbox One controller because. I like the format, and this was one of the ones that had a wire. Uh, it is, funnily, it's like a special Battlefield 1 uh, <laughs> controller. It's got, like, fake wooden design on the parts that you hold. It looks very nice. I have never played the game, but it's a very pretty controller. <laughs> but I think I think it drifted is why I st- had to stop using it. Yeah. Yeah. That's rubbish. Now, my, my go-to PC controller is the PlayStation 4 controller that came with my PS4 that I bought in... I'm going to hazard a guess and say 2015, but it may have actually been earlier. It doesn't hold the charge super well, but that's okay. I use it wired. Yeah, but, uh, better battery life for the follow-up, please. I, I would quite enjoy that. And like Rosalie said, just... Here's the thing that I'm curious about, right? Um mm-hmm. Obviously, they're keeping costs low by using cheaper materials, but do you think that offsets both the bad public reception that it gets them and also the, like, costs of having to do repairs on them? Because at least in the EU, you are legally allowed to, like, send it in to Nintendo for repairs for free. Yeah. I've I've sent mine in twice. That presumably costs them money as well. And I wonder if the like cost benefit analysis on that is good enough for them to keep like using the cheaper materials. I'm betting that they make more money from people who maybe are more casual players or parents who just give in and buy replacements. Ooh. I, I th- I think that's what it is, which, you know, capitalism gone to capitalism. But um, they were the repair service here was very nice. So I have the, or I, I still have it, I don't use it anymore, the Super Mario Odyssey Switch. So the Joy-Cons were just both red. <laughs> that was it. Um, and then it came with Odyssey, like, as a digital download. Um, I sent mine in twice. And both times they extended the actual warranty and the actual whole switch itself. Oh, nice. um, they said they fixed the Joy-Cons though and they're still not fixed. Oh. Um, they said there wasn't an issue when there clearly is an issue. Um, so take that as you will. Um, but they were very nice. Um, I actually drew a wee picture the second time for them just because I was like, their job must suck. Um but yeah, legally, I think still because of the court case, they have to fix them for free. Um, or at least look at them. Um, but I also gave in and have the Skyward Sword ones instead, which 
touch wood are still okay. They're a bit worn out because <laughs> I use them a lot, but they're okay. Um, can't say the same for my one of my PS5 controllers. That sucks. Yeah, which is also a shame because I know this isn't a Nintendo podcast, but the DualSense is one of, is my favorite controller of all time after the Dreamcast because it's haptic feedback is the coolest thing ever um and yeah but luckily i have two other ones so it's not the it's not the biggest of deals but it's just like sitting there and i'm like no and like the red joy cons are there too and i'm like oh you don't work either and it's just kind of sad it's also kind of funny because i saw a meme that was like um talking about the wii and how like wiimotes could take a bashing and you could swing them around and like it, you know they were going to be fine but then when it comes to the Joy-Cons, you have to be so delicate with them. Yeah. Out of fear that they're just going to stop working. And it's kind of depressing. <laughs> I've gotten very lucky that, uh, apparently, that my uh, Switch Pro controller is still as good as the day I got it. Oh, those things are great. Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of the Power A ones, licensed controllers for the Switch as well, and they're amazing. Um, but because I mostly play it handheld... The fear of using the Joy-Cons too much is always there. Yeah. But hey, that happens. Technology sometimes falls apart. I just hope that, you know, I even hope that they're maybe funkier and more comfortable. I don't know. I think Joy-Cons are going to be the thing I'm going to most be like, hmm, I'm looking at you, Nintendo. I'm watching. That and the backwards compatibility. But hey, yeah. ho. Like the the Joy Cons are definitely the 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 worst part of the Switch, I think. Mm -hmm. And if if these if this follow up is either just like an update of everything, or just like a completely new design with some of the same features, the Joy Cons will be the thing I miss the least. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for our show today. Um, we didn't have quite as much news to talk about as we did last time, but hey, still had quite a lot to talk about. Grizzly, uh, mm -hmm. what are you going to be playing in the near future that we may or may not hear you talk about? <laughs> well, next time I'm definitely going to talk about Paranormasite, finally. Uh, it's, it's okay that I've waited, I think, because it's still my game of the year. So... I have a lot to say about it. Um, I'm very uh, curious to hear yeah. about it. Um, I thought Zelda would knock it off a peg, and it, it, it hasn't. Um, it might it might actually remain my game of the year um, by the end of this year. Who knows? But I, uh, I also, as I said, I got Pikmin 4 physically, and I got Disney Illusion Island as well. That's the platformer, right? Yeah, it's basically Rayman Legends, but Disney, and I think it's set in the same universe as the Illusion games on like the Mega Drive era, like Castle of Illusion and things. So oh, I'm pretty exciting. excited. Yeah, I'm a big Disney nerd, um, so I'm pretty hype. I have to say. And uh, at the risk of this slowly turning into a Pikmin podcast, uh, <laughs> I'm going to be playing Pikmin Four. Uh, Yay! <laughs> Uh, as previously said I really enjoyed the demo and I'm looking forward to the full game uh, there may be other things from my backlog that will come up maybe there won't mm -hmm. be I do not have 
the power of precognition. Uh, I will find out what I've played at the same time that you do. Wait, that's not true <laughs> because you'll hear it a couple days because of editing. Yeah, okay. Uh, the point <laughs> is, Pikmin 4 maybe bonus things, maybe not. Yay. Thanks for listening to this episode of In Focus. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify and other podcast services. Also be sure to check out GamePodular Unfocused. Follow us on Twitter and at GamePodular.com for updates, news and other content. Links to all of our socials may be found at linktree slash GamePodular. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a Game Podular patron. The details for both are on our website. Thanks. This episode was edited by Hilka and you can follow him at Gear12 underscore Turbo on Twitter. Or more preferably at Gear12 Turbo at Kind.Social on Mastodon. He was joined today by me, Rosalie, who you can find at LIL Record Girl on Twitter. Have a good one.